Welcome to IM73 Discipleship with Joseph Borba. We are opening up the gospel of our salvation on SOA Radio. And now available for you on Spotify and iTunes. Let's offer our prayers of love to God with all our hearts, our minds, our souls, just as he commands us. Thanks and praise, glory, honor, and obedience to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We love you. We accept you into our hearts and minds and souls as our King, our Lord, our Savior. Your name is Holy Lord. Yes, Jesus, santificado sea tu nombre. Today and every day, Lord Jesus, you place before us life or death blessing or curse in the dunamis in the power of your love in the sanctification of your Holy Spirit dwelling within us encourage and guide us to always choose life we ask this prayer and all our prayers in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Last week, we read the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 1 through 15, where Jesus has a conversation with a Samaritan woman. She's at the well. He's there resting because he's tired. We saw that after King Solomon, the son of King David, after Solomon dies, Israel, the, the 12 tribes split into two nations, The northern tribes, there's 10 of them. They're called Israel. The southern tribe of Judah and Benjamin are called Judah. When they come back from captivity in Babylon, because they themselves were conquered in 587, they are called the Judeans. So the Samaritans are those 10 tribes. They're the remnant of those 10 tribes. What happened was in 721 BC, they were conquered by the Assyrians. And because of this, the southern kingdom, Judah, believed that they weren't Jews anymore because they were only half Jews. What happens when you get conquered is this, Other people of other nations come in. So the Judeans said, no, you're only half Jews. But that wasn't the biggest issue. When the the 10 tribes became Israel, when they split, they chose not to worship in Jerusalem. Yes, that was the key, the key that, that separated them. They chose Mount Gerizim and not Mount Zion and Jerusalem as a place to worship God. They had the same God. The Samaritans believed in Yahweh. They had the Pentateuch. They only they did not believe in the prophets, uh, nor the Psalms, nor anything from King David because he was the Jerusalem king. He was the king of the Judeans. So they only had the Pentateuch, Genesis, 
Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That was their law, their word. So that is the background to the Samaritan woman at the well. She believed in God, but she didn't believe that they were to worship in Jerusalem. So in chapter 4, beginning with verse 4 in John's Gospel, we see this. Jesus had to pass through Samaria on his way north to Galilee, where Jesus was raised in Nazareth. Some biblical scholars believe there's a spiritual message here, and I totally agree. I'm going to share a little bit more with you on that. The, the key words for the scholars are this. He had to pass through Samaria to get to Galilee with emphasis on Jesus had to do that. Well, here is the message. Geographically speaking, the reality, Jesus did not have to pass through Samaria to get to Galilee. It was the shortest way, but also the most dangerous way. Jesus and his disciples could have gone a different way. And most of the Jews from Jerusalem heading north would have gone this way. What they do is they go along the side of Samaria. They go outside of Samaria and head north and then cross the Jordan River. And just beyond Samaria, then they go to Galilee. This route was much longer, but much safer because the Samaritans were enemies of the Jewish, of their Jewish neighbors and often hostile towards them. In fact, John's gospel is the only gospel that mentions Jesus doing ministry in Samaria. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, Jesus actually instructs the 12, do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. So Matthew's gospel has a very negative view. Luke's gospel looks more favorably upon the Samaritans. We see this in the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's in Luke's gospel. This parable manifests kindness and charity to a stranger. And who's doing the kindness? Who's giving the charity? A Samaritan. And not the Jewish priests and the Levites who worked in the temple. Luke also has a beautiful revelation of Jesus' miracles Miracle of the ten lepers. Jesus cures ten lepers. Who is the only one to come back? You got it. A Samaritan. So the spiritual message in in John's gospel that Jesus had to go to Samaria is this. He didn't have to go. But he knew that the Samaritans, the ones that the his Jewish nation considered unclean, unwashed, enemies of the Jews. They too needed to hear from Jesus the gospel of their salvation so they could repent, have a metanoia, begin a new life of faith based on following Jesus as their king, their Lord, their Messiah. Did that seed... Jesus knew he had to plant a seed 
in Samaria. And he began with the Samaritan woman. My brothers and sisters, did that seed grow? Do we have a testimony, a witness? Can we know of, know of that seed that he planted? He began with that woman at the well. Did that seed grow? I am so happily, happy to proclaim to you that yes, it did. Samaria, the enemies of the Jews, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. Let me set it up for you. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he breathed the Holy Spirit upon the church. When Gentiles came to faith, the sign that their faith was real is when they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit distinguished Christians, believers, disciples from everybody else receiving the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed his spirit upon the church. The church grew. And at one point, the church grew so large that after they stoned St. Saint Stephen, Stephen was one of the seven Greek-speaking disciples that the apostles laid hands on to continue their work of charity and generosity and feeding of the church in the church. After they stoned Stephen to death, this is what happened. This is Acts of the Apostles. It's chapter 8, verse 1. On that day, that day is the day that Stephen was stoned to death. On that day, there broke out a severe persecution of the church in Jerusalem. All were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Saul, meanwhile, was trying to destroy the church. Saul is St. Paul. Verse 4. Now those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Thus Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. With one accord, the crowd paid attention to what was said by Philip when they heard it and saw the signs he was doing. For unclean spirits crying out in a loud voice came out of many possessed people, and many paralyzed and crippled people were cured. There was great joy in that city. Verse 14. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, brothers and sisters, a seed was planted. This is good news for us as disciples. We can plant a seed in somebody's heart. That's evangelization. That seed might grow years later. Think about what person needs to hear the word of God from you so you can plant that seed and the Holy Spirit can continue the work of God. Again, now when the, whole, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent them Peter and John who went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit for it had not yet fallen upon them they had been baptized in the, only in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then 
they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So everything we're going to hear right now, everything we're going to understand about the Samaritan woman woman, is that Jesus knew he had to save them. Samaria needed salvation, so he begins there. He's at a well. The Bible says, the Word of God says, Jesus was tired from his journey, so he stopped at the well. Don't dismiss that. We always say, because it's true, it's revelation, Jesus is God. We always say that. At the same time we say that, we are not saying anything less about his humanity. Jesus is God and man, one divine person. Jesus did not die for Satan's sins. He did not become an angel. He became a human being just like you and I in everything but sin. So do not dismiss his humanity. When Jesus is on the cross, what did that feel like? Well, what would it feel like for you and I to be whipped, beaten, spit upon, crowned with thorns, have nails driven into our hands and feet? What would that feel like for us? Well, that's what it felt like for Jesus. It's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible suffering that Jesus went through. Verse 6, so he's resting at the well. A woman is there. In verse 6, we see the town that he's at is called Sychar. I want to have just a little background for you. St. Jerome, a doctor of the church, he's famous for translating the Bible into Latin, also called the Vulgate. He's also famous for this amazing teaching. He said, ignorance of Scripture is an ignorance of Christ. That person, that historian, that disciple, that saint said Sychar was actually the ancient city of Shechem, which is near Mount Gerizim, the mountain that the Samaritans worshipped on, and that's about 30 miles north of Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is the sacred mountain for the Samaritans, just like Mount Zion, the city of David, the city of Jerusalem is for Judea. The evangelist mentions Jacob's well. There is no testimony, there is no revelation in the Bible about Jacob's well. But in the 4th century, Christian pilgrims did find a deep, deep well of about 100 feet at the foot of Mount Gerizim. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back with the gospel of our salvation. Jesus tells us in the Holy Scriptures, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. We would like to thank our donors for sharing their gifts, talents, and time with our ministry. Thanks to your donations. 
We are able to have an all-new English radio programming through the 540 AM in Salinas and Carmel Valley and through our app and website, www.jesusthesower.com. If you would like to become a donor, call us at 818-745-1771. ESNIC Catholic Radio, for the first time in English, more than a radio station, a connection with God. Welcome back to IM73 Discipleship. This is Joseph Borba. We're in the Gospel of John, Chapter 4. We're talking about Jesus' moment at the well with a Samaritan woman. Jesus is tired from his journey. He rests there. We note also something very curious. The Bible actually mentions what time he's there. Doesn't that strike you as interesting? That's, that's a very specific detail. Jesus was there around noon. Why even mention that? The reason is the time of day reflects something about the life of the Samaritan woman. You see, she's coming to draw water around noon. The normal time of day for doing that, when all the women and the children would would go water, they get draw water, they would do that together in groups. And they would do it, obviously, in the early morning or late afternoon when it's cooler. Why did she come at noontime? Let's find out. Jesus is resting. The woman from Samaria is there, and Jesus says to her, Give me a drink. And she is very very surprised. Why is she surprised? Because Jesus is a Jewish man, and she knows that his faith told him that she's unclean. He can't talk to her. But not only does Jesus speak with her, but he asks her for a drink of water. He says, bring me something to drink. Well, if he touches what she is drinking from, what she is holding, His Jewish faith tells him that he's also going to be unclean. Does it stop him? No. Jesus does not understand that impurity to be the things that make us impure. No, Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 7, verse 18, do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from the outside cannot defile them. He says the things that defile us are what comes out of our hearts, our greed, our lust, our violence, our hate. So Jesus asked her for a drink of water. What's he doing? He's replacing the old purity laws with himself. Jesus cannot be defiled by talking to or touching something that another person has. We know that. We know that because of Jesus Christ. So Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, give me a drink. And she's shocked. And she says, how can you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? And Jesus' response to her in verse 10 is this. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God 
And who is saying to you, give me a drink? You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What is the meaning of the gift of God and living water? The gift of God is Jesus himself, his revelation, the gospel of her salvation. The living water is the Holy Spirit. Father Raymond Brown, the esteemed Catholic theologian, the one I have great admiration for, he gives us this beautiful nugget of wisdom in our exegesis. He says, in the Jewish faith, the expressions that Jesus used, the gift of God and living water, were also used to describe the Torah. Well, remember, the Samaritans believed in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. They saw themselves as descendants of the ten tribes of the northern kingdom, and they loved the Torah. Father Brown's spirit-led thoughts teaches us that the Samaritan woman could have understood that Jesus was presenting himself to her as a replacement for the Torah. We remember in John's Gospel, we have a revelation of replacement theology where Jesus begins to replace the things of Israel with himself, the purity laws, the Torah. He is the Word of God. He is walking revelation. So the woman misunderstands Jesus, just like Nicodemus did. And she says, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where then can you get this living water? This word, sir, is very important. I'm going to try to give this to you. So this is the ancient Greek word for the word translated here as sir. Strong's G, 2962, Kodios, Kodios. Once again. Strong's G, 2962, Kodios, Kodios. Kodios. Why is that important? Because that Greek word, Kodios, is also translated Lord, meaning God. What happened is when the Hebrew Bible was translated into the Greek called the LXX. That word was translated for the, the replacement word for Yahweh. So the word Yahweh was so majestic, so holy for the Jewish people, they would not pronounce it or write it. No. So they substituted the words Adonai, and Elohim. So, Kurios is a translation, Elohim, Lord. That's a beautiful understanding of the dual meaning here. It's translated, sir, but there's a metanoia going on here. 
It can be translated, Lord, you do not even have a bucket. Where can you get this living water? Her thoughts are, however, still on a human plane. She's thinking about work and suffering and great water. Living water would be fresh water, like from a stream or rainfall, which is much more greatly coveted as opposed to stagnant water from a well. Her misunderstanding allows Jesus to further explain, to further give us revelation. And that's a technique of John, the evangelist, misunderstanding. Jesus replies to the Samaritan woman in verses 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to, are you ready for it, my brothers and sisters, welling up to eternal life. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. She's misunderstanding again. She says, I want something to drink. I don't want to come to this well anymore. And now it's time for Jesus to reveal himself to her so she will believe in him and receive the living water of salvation. Now it's time to answer the question, why is she coming to Jacob's well alone in the middle of of the day. Before we answer that question, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever ever felt ashamed? A shame that's so deep you don't want to be around anyone, not friends or family, you just want to be left alone. If you go to work or out in the public, With this shame, you try to stay hidden and invisible as possible. You see, Jesus has been engaging with the Samaritan woman. Give me a drink. Jesus has been enlightening her mind. If you knew the gift of God, Jesus has been speaking words of salvation to her. The water I will give you will become in you a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus has been saying that, but she's been misunderstanding. And now it's time for her to know who he is so she can begin to change her life and have a metanoia and live in his peace and love and forgiveness. He wants to take away her shame and die for her sins. But first, he has to do something. Remember, there is no salvation without repentance. So Jesus has to open up her life. And he says these amazing words to her. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go and call your husband, and come back. 
the woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered, you are right in saying, I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I can see you are a prophet. It's beginning. The seed is planted. It's beginning. Now we can answer the question, why was she coming to the well at noon? Because she was ashamed of who she was. Married five times, living with a man who wasn't her husband. She felt a deep shame, and Jesus wanted to die for her shame. Jesus wanted to take her shame from her, but first he had to reveal her darkness so it could become light. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing the importance of planting a seed and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform people? That's why Jesus went to Samaria, out of abundant love. And that's why we at IM73 are evangelists out of abundant love. My brothers and sisters, continue to evangelize. You've heard the word of God. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ right now to receive spiritual communion. Yes, let the true presence of the body and blood dwell in you efficaciously and in abundance. Thanks and praise, glory and honor to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That is our gospel for today. Amen to the blood of the Father's Lamb, Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message produced by El Sembrador Ministries. Remember, you can watch ESNA programming 24 hours a day through the ESNA radio app on the radio 540 AM in Carmel Valley or at www.jesusthesower.com. Look for us on social media and on our YouTube channel as Noel Diaz ESNA. Do not miss out on the wide variety of messages and religious material for the growth of your spiritual life. The number of our offices is 773 773- 777-7773 and you can visit us online at www.elsembrador.org The Sower New Evangelization Thank you for being part of this great family.